and welcome to Logical, wherever and by whatever means you're listening. This is the regular weekly podcast from the Dubai-based law firm HPL, Yamalava and Pleska, still the Gulf region's first and only legal podcast. I'm Tim Elliott. I'm at the firm's offices on the 18th floor of Reef Tower in Jumeirah Lakes Towers in sunny Dubai with the managing partner Ludmilla Yamalava. Good to see you. Good to see you too, Tim. Thanks for being back. Every week, we consider legal questions particular to the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, and you're always welcome to get in touch to ask for legal answers. The best way is via lylawyers.com. And in this edition, we'll be discussing the UAE's penal code and general criminal matters, but also the fine line between criminal and civil cases. Now, Ludmilla, I'm going to come to a specific case in a moment, but can I start with a request for a definition of a legal term often heard here in the UAE, penal order, an expedited criminal judgment. Can we, for the sake of me as much as anybody else, put that into simple terms? Sure, into simple terms, the penal order was issued about a year ago and with the introduction of the penal order, the prosecutor and um, the police perhaps as well were given certain new rights, if you will, to dispose of certain cases much faster, more efficiently. Mm. If in the past, for example, you had a, like a misdemeanor claim, let's say drinking without a proper license or alcohol license, that particular case would have had to end up in court and for the judge to ultimately simply issue a fine because in the UAE, that's just a matter of a, of a fine. Uh, so, but uh, in the in the past, that particular case would have had to be transferred to the court and you can imagine the whole process that entails uh, going through the court proceedings. Uh, with this, the introduction of this penal order, cases such as that, for example, can now be disposed of by the prosecutors, by special prosecutors in um, sometimes one day uh, type uh, session or, or hearing and just by issuance of a fine. So in other words, for certain matters, simpler matters, uh, lesser, lesser offenses, if you will, uh, or mis- t- certain kinds of misdemeanors, the prosecutor now has the right to dispose of some of these claims without having to transfer cases to the court. One, the other aspect of the penal order is some of these so-called offenses or misdemeanors uh, also carry lighter penalties or financial fines um, than before. Um, so in other words, the penal order, the objective of the penal order is to simplify uh, the um, disposition of some of these so-called criminal matters that in the past would have had to go through the courts. Uh, and now some of these cases can even be addressed at the airport. So as per the uh, penal order, there will be the specialized prosecutors who will also be resident at the, at the airports, for example. So let's say somebody flew in and they have a bounced check uh, from before that um, uh, that results in a travel ban, and it's just a matter of paying off that bounced check in order to have the travel ban lifted. I'm simplifying, obviously. Mm. So in the past, that person would have had to be transported into uh, the police and then uh, often into uh, some kind of temporary detention, and then only to have that case then be transferred over to the prosecutor and so on and so forth. Now, with the introduction of this penal order, a case like that, could be easily resol- resolved at the airport by by virtue of just having that particular check paid right there at the airport. So essentially, the penal order is as the UAE has grown, the legal system has developed. This is a almost a fast track system. Indeed, and that's in response to, as you rightfully said, 
the um, evolution of this this country and the way the authorities uh, have decided that many of the matters that in the past were subject to sort of the the uh, the penal code that had been drafted in the 80s, um, so now or so the system has been modernized or the legislation has been modernized to keep up with uh, the current fabric of the society. Let's take a specific instance, and I'm wondering if the penal order applies uh, in this, for example. Let me just paint uh, a picture for you. Somebody makes an offensive remark, I'm a restaurant in Dubai, I'm upset by the remark the person makes, the situation uh, fairly quickly becomes a heated argument. The person pushes me, my spouse and or friends into fear. A shoving match ensues. It becomes a physical altercation, almost a fight. Uh, legally, where are we at, at when something like this, an altercation like this takes place? Well, something like this perhaps uh, is more subjective and therefore may not necessarily be subject to the penal order only because there are so many elements that are involved uh, that call for a subjective analysis or opinion about who did, did what and uh, what followed what and the, more importantly the gravity uh, or uh, the effects of that particular fight. So for example, if there's serious physical injury or damage, then that obviously arises to a different level of an offense. Uh, so if it's just a slight push, um, that may not be an, an offense at all. It may not be, legally speaking, considered an assault. But if it is a, a harder push that results in bruises or what have you, uh, then obviously that could be considered maybe not a serious offense, but a misdemeanor. Uh, so because there's so many subjective elements, most likely a case like that would actually end up uh, being transferred at least at the very least to the prosecution uh, so that um, and and unless the parties decide to to drop it uh, chances are that even the prosecution would not want to resolve that particular issue in one day and, and refer to the court because there are so many different nuances and elements involved could a case like this assuming it becomes uh, an assault uh, and I, I'm going to put this forward as well that each side uh, alleges assault, so there are in theory two cases put forward. Um, how would you then have a complaint like this waived? Is it possible to waive a complaint? Uh, it's a very good question and the, the general premise is that most complaints uh, can be waived unless uh, the complaints or the allegations are of specific nature that are in the public interest of the state. Uh, for example, if there is a complaint regarding, uh, regarding a serious uh, physical abuse, it may be that at that point the state is, um, is interested in persecuting that uh, or investigating that offense further and so therefore does not want the parties to drop the case. Uh, let's say another example, there could be um, uh, kidnapping charges. If there's kidnapping and then parties decide to drop the case, 
while once again kidnapping uh, could be considered to be a much more serious offense as far as the state is concerned and is in the public interest of the state to uh, get to the bottom of what um, what that particular kidnapping allegation was all about and uh, and ensure that if there was a serious kidnapping charge that the people are that are involved in it uh, are dealt with appropriately so that's why in um, as far as criminal cases are concerned not all cases can be waived if these are sort of smaller minor offenses such as a push and shove here and there and scuffle at a, at a restaurant and uh, certain defamation cases Though all those could be waived, but if it's something that's more in the public order and public interest, uh, then it would not be. Now, there isn't necessarily a list of cases uh, that, um, uh, or a li list of offenses that is specifically known to be uh, waivable or not. I mean, obviously, murder, any other serious injury or damage, uh, those kinds of offenses are sort of by uh, almost by, by by definition are not subject to um, uh, to settlement. Uh, but anything that's sort of that that's more kind of in the gray area, uh, it's really much uh, much to the, the the authorities to decide whether it's an allegation or claim. Uh, can be waived or not. So there isn't really a cheat sheet, if you will, or a, a sort of short list that we can go back to and, and have the confidence that particular claims are waivable and when while others are not. Can we talk about legal repercussions for a, for a moment? Let's go back to the example of our, our restaurant shoving match, uh, if you like. Uh, what kinds of repercussions, assuming that the uh, cases are not waived, would you be subject to? Would you be subject to, I don't know, a travel ban, time in prison, a fine? Could it affect your employment in the UAE for something like this? What kinds of uh, repercussions might there be? Well, this is a great question, and it also is a segue to into why it is that firms like ours, a commercial uh, law firm, otherwise <laughs> the dealing with commercial and civil matters, even uh, deals or, or knows anything about criminal matters, because in other, in other countries, um, criminal lawyers basically do nothing else but criminal law. But in this in this country, the is a, it's a fairly fine line between civil and criminal, and and to um, uh, to give some context to that particular statement is the example that you just gave, and that is um, let's say uh, an altercation at a restaurant, mm. uh, something that would not necessarily be by definition or by default considered criminal in other jurisdictions, but here. Uh, it would be the default is that it will be treated as such, at least at the initial stages, uh, while the investigation is ongoing. And ultimately, it may be dismissed um, by the court, but while the investigation is ongoing, it is treated as a criminal matter. Uh, while in other jurisdictions, perhaps it's a different process. So especially if it doesn't involve any serious uh, physical bodily harm, uh, then uh, the the default is that it's not criminal unless um, unless there is a, a verdict to that effect. Uh, but here, going back to your example, if you're at a restaurant and there is um, perhaps somebody pushes you accidentally and you decide that this was on purpose and you kind of push back and. Uh, and it looks like there's a fight and uh, now somebody else jumps in and now it looks like a proper bar fight and so what happens and it's not necessarily the case that one of those people that are involved in this so-called 
a fight or a scuffle actually has to file a, a complaint with the police. Uh, the authorities in this country have the authority to file uh, that, um, an assault case, for example, or charges on their own accord. So in other words, let's say there was that kind of an altercation at the bar, and then as a result, the police is called in, but none of the people that were involved in that particular fight are there at the time, by the time the police arrives. The police has the um, access to review the CCTV camera or the footage. They bring it back to the police station, they review the footage, they identify the three individuals in the footage, and they themselves on their own accord can file assault charges against all three of those individuals without those individuals being involved. Now, as part of the investigation, they will call in the individuals to give statements, and depending on well, what's um, in the statements, uh, they, they, there may be a, an option for those three individuals to just waive and settle cases against uh, all around, uh, right there with the police, depending again on the, the, the situation, the circumstances involved. Or it may be that the police will say, well, no, this is uh, serious enough, and we do not want for you three to, to settle this matter. Uh, so, and then they may want to take it further. Now, taking it further means that they will want to proceed with investigation and, and, and take statements from all the individuals involved. And then depending on the, uh, on the content of those statements, uh, the, their senior management at the police station may decide to either dismiss the cases altogether or transfer them to the prosecution, which is the next level up. Now, at that level, the prosecution, there is another, uh, another round of investigations. And now it's before the prosecutor. The prosecutor calls in the individuals. They give their statements. Depending on the content of the statements, maybe they will be given an opportunity to settle their cases against each other, or maybe not. And then in the event the prosecution thinks it's, um, it's serious enough of a case, uh, then or there's some other administrative nuances which do not allow the prosecutor to waive the case or to settle the case, the prosecutor will, will send it to the court. Now, it's at really at that stage that um, all the penalties could be, um, could be dis dis reviewed. And that is, and, and I want to backtrack a little bit, the prosecution, the only authority the prosecution has in terms of deciding the appropriate penalty is a monetary fine. So the prosecution cannot they cannot decide that a particular offense uh, results in imprisonment. That's really just the authority that's left only to the courts. The prosecution can only say, okay, well, I've seen, for example, you um, there's evidence that you drank without a license, and so under the penal order, uh, an offense like that has, let's say, a monetary penalty of 1,500 dirhams, so therefore I pronounce you so-called guilty, and you have to pay uh, 1,500 dirhams, but that monetary fine does not actually end up on your criminal record, because it's, 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 it's a misdemeanor type. Now, uh, if anything more than that, then the prosecutor has to transfer it to the, to the courts, and then the courts will look at all the evidence, will call witnesses once again, and will conduct, in most cases, conduct their own investigation and their own, and collect their uh, new evidence if needed. And then they will decide what appropriate uh, measurements should be, um, uh, should be uh, should be assigned, and that is, and they can involve anything from a monetary fine to jail sentence to deportation to all three. And those would end up on a criminal record. Yes, anything that's above the misdemeanor would end up on your criminal record, which means is that when 
if you ever want to work in the UAE again and the company, your new employer wants to uh, wants to receive your good, uh, good conduct certificate from the local authorities, you wouldn't be able to get one, so you would not qualify. Wouldn't be able to get one at all? I think there's a five-year uh, there's a five period. Ask, yes, there's there a, a five. Of there's a five-year period. I think that so it stays on your record for five years, and after that, it uh, it's, it's cleared. But but remember, the the a few years ago there was a new decree or legislation that ultimately required employers to request a good standing certificate from employees. However, a few months into it, or maybe a year into it, that particular legislation, while it still, it still exists, it has not really been practiced, or it hasn't really been implemented. So as of now, there's no requirement that companies request a good standing certificate. Now, certain companies might, especially those that are in, in certain industries, and perhaps government or semi-government-owned companies, they may require this. But as things stand right now, there is no such requirement. Therefore, if, um, if you are denied employment by one company because you cannot produce good standing certificate, there may be there are hundreds of thousands of other companies that may not uh, require that, and so you still have a chance to seek employment here. There are in specific areas, such as child welfare, if you're applying for a teaching license. Correct. Et cetera, Te teaching and medical yeah. profession. Right. And I think financial services, uh, there are certain industries that certainly require a much more stringent uh, evaluation process. I wonder if you can put this into words, and I'm not sure you'll be able to, but how does the law in the UAE view the repayment of debt to a society? How does the law view you once you have paid, uh, done your time for your crime, if you like? Well, it depends on the crime. So sure. if you've served your jail sentence, uh, chances are it was a serious enough offense to result in a jail sentence. And if that's the case, then that's, uh, that's, that's the kind of offense that will end up on your criminal, uh, on your record and uh, will be that you now ultimately have criminal records. Um, so it might be a lot more difficult for you to obtain employment here because of it. That's one. But in most, in a lot of cases, I don't say most cases, but in a lot of cases, uh, uh, the um, uh, so those cases that end up in, in jail sentence or imprisonment often carry with them uh, deportation as the next step. Right. So if you've served your time, then in most cases, and I guess I, I say in most, uh, then um, the next step will be that you will have to be deported from the country. So you won't really have a chance to test <laughs> uh, what your chances are here because you'll just not be allowed to stay here. Well, let me rephrase that slightly then, because it does seem as though people who have been subject to uh, bounce checks, for example, who have paid bounced, uh, the, the debt owed by the bounce checks, um, it does seem as though the attitude generally is you've paid the money, it's not viewed as a fraudulent uh, area of law. You've paid it, and that's it. You can then move on. That seems to be an attitude. Am I right in saying uh, that? Sure. So, and it depends, and as I said earlier, it depends on the, the nature of the, of the crime or the offense involved. Sure. So usually if it's, um, if it's a bounce check, uh, if uh, once you pay the check off, then that does not go on your criminal record at all. Right. So. Now, if you have a, a case against you for bouncing a check and you have not, and that case resulted in an imprisonment, 
then um, once you it again depends on the um, on the court's judgment so it in many cases, and, and the court's judgment depends on the amount at stake. So in many cases, the court may just uh, uh, may, may rule that uh, imprisonment is a penalty or, or a punishment, but after, for let's say, two, three years. But after that, the punishment has been served. Mm -hmm. And so there, therefore, there is no deportation. But it really depends on the amount at stake. Certain, uh, certain checks or checks for a certain amount uh, uh, often will not even be entertained for purposes of bail. So let's say you have a bounce check for 5 million dirhams, and we've had cases like this. And so the person has been jailed because they have bounced check for 5 million dirhams. And um, by law, they should they have a right of bail. But in many cases, we have seen prosecutors denying the right of balance only because of the value of the check. So it truly depends on the the, the allegations, on the crime, and the and, and the amount for for financial cases amount at stake. But um, for purposes of checks, uh, bounce checks, once you've paid, then there is no record on your, uh, there's no criminal record on your account. Also, for example, if you have a judgment, a criminal, or a judgment, a civil judgment that you have not paid, and that's uh, also a debt uh, that is registered in this country, and an unpaid debt can be criminal. So if you have a civil case and that debt has not been settled or the judgment has not been settled, you can file uh, in a criminal case, uh, sort of unpaid debt. And in that case as well, as you said, if once the judgment is paid, then in most cases that would not necessarily end up on uh, as a criminal record because it's... Uh, it's ultimate the debt has been satisfied, but it really it really is a very nuanced uh, matter because it so much of it depends on specific circumstances at stake. So let's come full circle, Ludmilla, to to where we began. It's it's worth understanding and reiterating the fact that there is a very fine line between civil matters and criminal matters here in the Emirates. Yes, indeed. A lot of matters in the UAE that in other jurisdictions would uh, be regarded purely as civil matters uh, are in fact considered criminal here. Yeah. So one example is defamation. If um, any statements are made uh, that perhaps are considered defamatory, offensive uh, to someone, that in of itself becomes a criminal complaint uh, off the bat. Now, at the end, the court might decide that this was not criminal, uh, but while during that investigation process, there will be a criminal complaint registered uh, against that person. Um, so that's one example. Also, for example, using an employment context, uh, using uh, information, confidential information of your previous employer or even your current employer, uh, so, in other words, breach of confidential information, once again, in the UAE can be considered a criminal offense, uh, or actually is a criminal offense. Uh, then a bounce check, which um, is uh, an instrument that at least historically, less so now, but has been used quite widely in uh, in this country for all sorts of um, transactions, including giving to your landlord, for example, if you mm -hmm. rent um, a property. Uh, so bounce checks in the past were also, in most, most checks were considered a criminal offense. Now, no checks below 200,000 dirhams um, is a criminal offense anymore, but historically, or anything above 200,000 is still criminal. So once again, a lot of these, these are examples uh, 
that we all deal with in just ordinary course of business in terms of as, as employees, as, as renters of properties, uh, and yet um, many of these actions can very inadvertently, innocent, innocently end up in the criminal sphere. Another one is uh, the example we gave at a restaurant. The two people have an argument and perhaps some kind of a, a minor fight results that too can become criminal and in other jurisdictions something like this would not necessarily ever make it into even the police but here uh, the police have the authority to investigate these kinds of matters on their own accord um, so it's because of this the um, it, it's so important to understand that the line the line is so fine between civil civil and criminal and before before people file cases or, or, or conduct themselves a certain way, it's really important to understand the, the nuances of this jurisdiction and cultural fabric. Ludmila Yamalova is the managing partner of the Dubai-based law firm Yamalova and Plethka. As ever, Ludmila, a huge thanks for your time. Thank you, as always. That's it for Logical this time around. We can't cover every aspect of the UAE's legal framework in each episode, but if there is a specific question you'd like answered, get in touch via lylawyers.com or through any of our social channels, and we'll try to answer it in a future edition of Logical. Plus, for a legal consultation, lylawyers.com is the place to start. Just hit contact.